I'm talking. Okay, great. I'm talking too. We're both talking now. Before recording? anything horrible happens, we're gonna record this podcast. Okay, are you, ready? No, no, no. I'm not. Are you still recording? Did it I'm stop? Reco- what? Did I, the I, recording stop when I stopped? I stopped recording because I didn't see the point. Although maybe that was sh- stupid and short-sighted. Uh, but it's fine. I'll use what I can. But did the recording stop at the same moment I stopped? That's the important part. No, QuickTime kept running. Okay, fine. But. Uh, I don't know what's 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 getting beefed here. Very strange. I don't either. I think we should just record the podcast all the way through as fast as we can before anything bad. <laughs> all right, happens. everything in six minutes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to Tater Tots. No, okay. Well, this will be much more measured, and and to the uh, uh, unknowing listener, it will appear as if we've done a normal podcast with absolutely no technical difficulties. Are you ready? I'm ready. Possible in the littlest league possible. Gonna make a big splash. Don't have the salt trash. Welcome back to Tater Tots for another week. I'm Tim. I'm Duncan. And we are uh uh neck deep in holidays, is I guess <laughs> where I've decided to land uh in terms of holiday mapping. Mm-hmm. Uh we have cleared the Thanksgiving hurdle. Uh, we are well on our way to Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa, although I don't off the top of my head know when Kwanzaa is. Do you uh, know when Hanukkah is? Hanukkah begins December 23rd, sir. Oh, got ourselves a nice Christmaka, don't we? And my dad's birthday is on the 27th. A nice, uh, your dad's birthday My dad's birthday Christmaka. It's not on Christmas. Christmas is only, I mean... I guess you could celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, and Hanukkah, I mean, doesn't begin on Christmas. I suppose it, it, it overlaps. It overlaps with, with Christmas because is that all that is that all that's, is that all that's required for a portmanteau? Yeah, they have to fall on the same they just date. Have to, over the, I mean, the eight days of Hanukkah have to overlap with Christmas Day. I mean, that's that that, that that's my definition for a Christmaka. But if you want to. Use a clever portmanteau to describe the whole season. You can say uh, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. Chris Mahana Kwanzaa, Dad's birthday. Let's get on with the podcast. I think we should. I think we should always do this, which is introduce the premise of the show. Here on Tater Tots, every week we discuss one player from the previous MLB season who hit just one home run this year. Hence Tater Tots. Good work. Thanks. Um, uh, if you've been listening for a while, you'll recall uh, that we have a seg. We had a segment uh, entitled "The Kings of Baseball." Uh, last week, in our despondence over, uh, you know, the business and economics of sport, uh, I believe we scrapped the Kings of Baseball concept in favor of the Comrades of Baseball. Uh, we haven't really hammered out what that means <laughs> conceptually beyond the name. Uh, but here we are in the Comrades of Baseball segment. <laughs> I think that our decision last week to declare a communist state of baseball kind of necessitated us being the comrades of baseball um, because it just wouldn't be in line with our ideology to be remain kings. Well, to be clear, we are all comrades of baseball. Yeah, exactly. 
our listenership constitutes the comrade Oh, um, you know. So yeah, I mean, maybe we can be a little bit more expansive now. And if you, I mean, you are a comrade of baseball, and if you want to contribute to our comrades of baseball segment, you are equally as you know. You have just as much a right to contribute as 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 either of us do. Yeah, unless we don't like the segment, and then we're gonna send our baseball Gestapo after you. Is it, am I crossing? What was the what was the communist secret police called? I think I don't know secret police. Maybe yeah, we're gonna. I could have sworn they were the Gestapo, but that is Nazis, isn't it? Uh, I think so. It might be the um, the Italians. I'm going to make myself look the fool here. Now they're called the NKVD. Uh, they might still be called the NKVD. I mean, All they right. might have always been called the... The point is that... Uh, 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 this is uh, the Kings of Baseball segment, but we changed the name because we made a funny joke <laughs> last week. <laughs> We are the Politburo of baseball. <laughs> uh, we're uh, the deputy undersecretaries of baseball. <laughs> Minor czars of baseball. My mom is going to hate this segment. We're the Duke now. and Duchess of um, Northwest Fridshire of baseball. <laughs> Wonderful. The viceroys of baseball. It really doesn't matter. We're going to talk about some uh, uh, miscellaneous some baseball Current stuff. happenings in baseball. That's... I don't know if you've caught on to this, but that's kind of the premise of the segment. <laughs> uh, Starling Marte is just the latest pirate to demand a trade. He didn't so much demand it as just kind of he implied, yes. If if the pirates wanted to trade him, he wouldn't be unhappy about it. Which means he wants a trade. It's really not a terrible... I mean, like, obviously he wants a trade. He's a halfway decent baseball player, and he's going to languish uh, away in Pittsburgh for another two seasons otherwise. I really don't think it would be a bad move for the Pirates. I They don't have a lot to build on right now, and mm-hmm. he could get them a return before it's too late. It'd be great. You want to see anyone who you have any affinity for leave uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I want them to do well in the long term, uh-huh. and I think that this is a this is a long term win, and I I I think that the longer he plays with the Pirates, the more his value will drop. I think that if they trade him now, they will get probably a pretty decent return. Yeah, but then you don't get to watch your friend Starling Marte play baseball, you know. Well, I'm probably not going to watch the Pirates play baseball much next season, so. Sure. There was a whole a hole of blue. Um, uh, the Giants today declined to tender center fielder Kevin Pillar a contract, um, despite the fact that he was among the more productive players on a bad Giants team last year. Um, and it, it reminds me of this situation just because it is a move for the future of the Giants, because the Giants don't expect to be any good next year, and then after that, Kevin Pillar is going to be a free agent, so mm. it behooves them more to you know pay less money to try out other potential options in center field, even if they don't expect them to be good. But it's difficult to... You're, you cut out again, but I'll finish this thought, and then we'll figure something else out. Uh, it, it's certainly it's difficult to, to see good players leave uh, in the short term. I agree, and it just—it's just not—it's not extremely fun to not have good players on your team in pursuit of a potential winning future. Um, so that's all I mean. So maybe you should hang on to Starling Marte. It's very strange. Maybe tanking conceptually is just weird, but I think that tanking in baseball is a particularly frustrating phenomenon because it's such a long season, and you know it—it it just feels like. It feels like an extra tank because it's 
162 games worth of we're not really trying our hardest. Right. Right, exactly. So the more uh, entertaining players you can have on the field, personalities you like, Starlings Marte, uh, then at least there's, you know, there's a, a good product that's coming out of Pittsburgh that's, you know, worth a couple bucks on a nice summer evening. I guess. The big rumor mill right now is that the, they'll trade into the Mets for, like, J.D. Davis, which, you know, whatever. Um, I, There's more Pirates news this week, and it's is that there? they hired, they hired oh, yeah. a new baseball manager, and his name is Derek Shelton. Yeah, that's the news. I mean, he was the Twins bench coach last season, last two seasons, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, uh, hung around in Cleveland and Tampa. He, he, I think he worked for Cleveland, um, when Mark Shapiro was like trying to do his whole money ball thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Tampa's like super stats forward analytics forward, obviously. So the, the geeks are placated at very least because this guy has kind of a stats pedigree. He's been on stats forward teams, but you yeah. can, you can also perhaps placate the traditionalists. Because, uh, boy, a, this guy just looks like a baseball manager. Just a normal man. Looks like a regular old dude. He might doesn't even wear doesn't even wear glasses like Joe Madden. So he's really no, no. Joe Madden. Uh, I mean, compared to Joe Madden, Derek Shelton. Uh, you know, uh, looks like a real kind of alpha Derek, male. Joe Madden's ser- a freaking big nerd. Yeah, Derek Shelton would like break Joe Madden's slide roll over his knee and then. I don't know. Offer him a nice Bud Light and say, uh, let's uh, uh, hug it out. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Saturdays are for the boys. The is what boys. Derek Shelton says. Would you enjoy a loves. nice cigar? I like the flavor of it. My boys, me and my boys, we're out back sitting in the, the uh, kiddie pool and yep. the, uh, uh, cooking some burgers. Mm, burgers. Demanding. Um, more wonderful times to spend with our friends. We just wish that the summer days were even longer. Yeah, and Derek Shelton is—he's uh—he's <laughs> wearing an umbrella hat. Yeah, uh, and he's got a, a apron that says like "Kiss the Cook" or something. Um, yeah, and, and he's wearing shorts under the apron. Yeah, and uh, he's the Pirates manager, and he's uh uh, uh everybody likes him. And the Pirates are going to win 150 games next season. Everything's going to be great. Now, do you think that the Pirates won 150 games? I think they'll win 73. You do? Yeah, 69 to 73 games. So, yeah, roughly a 500 average baseball team. Yeah, I mean, like slightly below average. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the wrong number. 81 is a 500. 81 is a 500. Okay, a bad baseball team, you think they'll be a, a bad one. I think they will be below average. I don't think that they'll be like miserable. They won't like, plumb the Marlins' deaths. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be like a hundred and hundred and five hundred. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it'll be that bad. No, I, it, I also don't think that it will be just bad enough though. Well, good. I mean, bad. There's last week um, we considered the question: What is Shohei Otani doing right now? Yeah, and. We uh, got a somewhat satisfactory answer that he's uh, recovering from surgery, but... Probably. Probably. Well, this week, we got a more explicit answer. At least yes. at the time, uh, he went to see a basketball game. 
He was in Wash. Oh, was he in Washington or was Washington in L.A.? I oh, that's a great question. You know, I think he was in Washington, but I'm not 100 percent sure. No, he was the Washington was definitely in L.A. There's like Lakers paraphernalia oh. on the. Well, that's well, but good. I, yeah, so Shohei uh, uh, went to the Staples Center to see the Los Angeles Lakers face off against the Washington Wizards, uh, featuring his countryman, uh, Rui Hachimura, who plays for the Wizards, who is an uh, early favorite to be a, a, a NBA Rookie of the Year. Hmm. Um, some fun facts about Rui Hachimura. Uh, he is only the second Japanese basketball player ever drafted in the NBA. Uh, he is the first to ever go first round. There are only two rounds currently in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Um, the first player who was ever drafted in the NBA was drafted in like the eighth round. The NBA draft is super weird. Um, <clears throat> uh, but at any rate, uh, in 1981, the first NBA, the first Japanese player drafted to the NBA uh, was named uh, Yasu Taka Okayama, uh, notable for. One reason, really, because he never actually signed. This is the thing about the NBA draft. There were tons of rounds, and they hardly signed anyone. Mm, uh, nobody ever really got to. Right. I mean, there were only like four slots available on, on, in shame. the entire NBA, uh, so they narrowed it to two. But anyways, uh, Yasutaka Ukiyama, uh was uh, fully seven foot eight inches tall. Uh, he is the tallest basketball player ever drafted, uh, but he never played for the Golden State Warriors. He never signed. Uh, with the team when you first uh you noted this player in in our in our show notes and you put seven feet and eight inches tall um and i i i just want to re-emphasize for the listeners seven feet and eight inches tall nearly uh eight feet tall uh if you hold ah! your hand if you hold your hand out in front of your face i think that's about four inches uh are hands four inches i'm just guesstimating what are you talking about like I'm, your, I'm, the entire I'm, length of your hand from the tip of your finger to the base of your palm? I mean, imagine four inches. What is four inches? Like, I don't know. Reasonably? Shorter than that. You think, do you think your hand is more than four inches long? Yeah, for sure. I think my hand's probably seven inches long at least. <laughs> Yasutaka Okayama. <laughs> did I get that name right? That was cold. I didn't even look at the thing. That was perfect. I did. You're Yasutaka Okayama. Four inches shy of eight feet tall. Four inches. Right, so he's like half a hand shorter than eight feet tall. That's not... Here's what I thought you were going to say. If you stand up and stick your arm straight up in the air, the tip of your finger is probably still shorter than he was. Jeez. I I tried to find video of him playing basketball. I didn't try very hard, to be honest with you, but... Uh I want to watch a video. I, I, I'm sure that it doesn't even look weird because the thing is that he's playing basketball with a bunch of people who are like six eight or whatever. I gotta tell you, I did see a picture of him standing next to a six foot five person, and he was like twice their height. I love basketball so much. <laughs> Everyone's so tall; it's hilarious. Um. It's really unusual. Baseball's not at all like that. We talked about um, Josh Harrison, who's uh, five feet and eight inches tall. Yeah, hardly anyone's tall in baseball. Yeah, I say it's a good thing because um, you can dream on it, but it's definitely not as funny. No, certainly not as funny as as tall basketball, everyone tall all the time. Because, like, you know that Aaron Judge photo? Yes, of course. Everybody in basketball can do that. To Jose Altuve. To Jose Altuve. (laughs) 
Jose Altuve maybe should go to more basketball games and stand next to his favorite players. Or you ever see that picture? This is, you know, speaking about height in basketball, probably like the, the, the finest product to ever come of someone making jokes about height in basketball mm-hmm. uh, is a, the, the kind of famous picture of uh, Manute Ball and um, Muggsy Bogues. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I, I don't think so. Sending it to you. Do is he else? a particularly tall player? Manute uh, was 7'7". Seven, seven. Oh my goodness. Uh, his son, uh, uh, Bull Bull, is currently in the NBA. Did you say his name is Bull Bull? Yeah, Manute Bull's son is named Bull Bull. Uh, he is seven foot two. Well, that's not. I, I mean, that's he's uh, uh, practically an insect as compared to his big dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seven foot two inch man, and I say uh, minuscule, a diminutive uh, um, specimen. Yeah, Manute Bull, yeah. Uh, is Sudanese, um, uh, played for a time on the Washington Bullets, who are now the Washington Wizards, uh, with um, uh, Muggsy Bogues, who is the shortest man to ever play basketball. At, I'm just confirming here. I want to say five three or something. He was short. Five three. You're absolutely right. Uh, so All right, they shared. I'm looking a- at the bis- this big picture, and look at yeah. that. They got three basketballs in between their hands. Three basketballs. It's a. Uh, I think that his son Bulbul uh, reenacted the photo with someone recently. I can't remember. Uh, Bulbul, the man who stands merely seven foot two. Yeah. Well, how dare he? As he's spitting on his father's legacy. Why? Because he's six inches shorter than his son or than his a, dad. An absolutely emaciated specimen. Disgusting to look at. Hello. Gone again. No. Okay. Let's dispense with the funny business. The point is. <laughs> are you, are you, can you actually I can, can I hear yeah. you okay great uh, <laughs> we're having a lot of technical difficulties suffice it to say Shohei Otani was at the basketball game hanging out with a basketball player who's from Japan <laughs> not very many basketball players uh, come out of Japan uh, two of them have seen NBA action and all in the past 20 years before Rui Hachimura of the Washington Wizards uh, it should be very interesting to watch basketball develop as a sport in Japan especially because Rui is going to be uh, leading the Japanese team uh, in Tokyo. Oh, that should be uh, fun. In 2020. Yeah, that'll be interesting, and I hope that the Japanese team can make something of it. Uh, let's sk- skip the Ichiro thing, because I don't actually think it's that interesting. I think it's funny. He played against a bunch of amateurs, and he beat their brains out. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. He uh, pitched, and he struck out like 16. Yes. <laughs> um, of uh, course he did. He was playing against teachers. Like they were not, they were not professional athletes. It's very funny, and he loves to play baseball. It was like a very casual. Japan's got like a nice culture of casual baseball. Yeah, uh, uh, it's cute at like universities and high schools and stuff. No, uh, that's been the comrades of baseball segment. Hey, let's fire up the tot stove. I guess, like, it, in fairness, it we can't really 
like say that we're firing up the tot stove every week because that presumes that like it turns off when we're not recording well and also that like it i feel like if you know if we've been turning it on for as frequently as we've been turning it on you would think that it would be warmer by now maybe the reason it's relatively cold is because we only turn it on for 15 minutes once a week that's an excellent point we should make a point to leave it on this week and see what happens you should never leave your tot stove on the entire <laughs> week. I mean, aside from the fire risk, imagine how much you're going to end up paying your in your gas bill. Yeah, but these baseball players need jobs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any one of them would probably pay us that that gas bill just, um, you know, for having the salary that comes along with a, you know, major league contract. It's a catch-22. Time is precious. We don't know when the audio is going to cut out again. Uh, uh, first news on the tot stove, uh, uh, historical tot, who we covered some weeks ago before baseball went into hibernation, uh, Suyoshi Shinjo has unretired. This is surprising. Yeah, it's surprising. (laughs) I will say it's surprising for one because, you know, he's a retired player and they don't usually do that. Surprising secondly, because he is 47 years old. It's surprising for a lot of reasons. I mean, forty-seven is kind of the headline, the banner. It's it older you know, than he, most baseball players. Yes. Uh, hadn't he committed to like being like a great a BMX 18- star BMX. in Bali or something? Yeah. So he's done with that now. <laughs> Apparently, he's he had announced his intention to come back to baseball, and we missed this. This was like a month ago, and now he has officially uh, filed the paperwork, and he is listed among free agents for NPB teams. Uh, he's only, I'm reading this article in the Japan Times, he's only allowed to sign with the Nippon Ham Fighters? You know, I believe that was true until they waived Oh, they him. released him. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, so now I he is free to sign with whichever professional Japanese uh, team he would like. Uh, it's my suspicion that he won't end up signing with any of them. <laughs> He could do it. I, hey, like, could... People have played in, in Major League Baseball at 47 years old. It's happened not even that long ago. It's I don't think I don't think that baseball talent recedes that quickly. I definitely do. Really? Yes. I mean, didn't there was a video just this week I saw in the tweets of Gary Sheffield hitting home runs at 51. Yeah, Barry he's Bonds was dingers. doing it. That's that's a big. There's a big difference between swatting dingers against batting practice fastballs and actually playing professional baseball. Um, and Shinjo also retired. I think he was like 34. He retired in 2006. Um, so he has not been playing professional baseball for 13 years. <laughs> like, he's been practicing BMX biking. Yeah, he's been Let's focusing all his transfer. energy on BMX biking, probably not that much energy on baseball. Um, he's kind of a character. We talked about him on our Shinjo episode. If you're curious, I recommend it, I guess. Um, <laughs> as, as much as you can recommend any single episode of this podcast. Right, uh, you know, two and a half out of ten. <laughs> so it's one of our standouts. <laughs> no, he's a he's a big weirdo. I think he'll make yeah. it. I I don't know. Like maybe just someone will sign him as a Shinjo, stunt, yeah. I think that something will break his way. It, it, weirder things have happened. That's true. We're and we're pulling for him. Okay. Next on the docket. Uh, shortly after uh the Josh Harrison episode released. Uh, maybe even before. Yeah. No. Right before the podcast released last week. Uh, the Phillies signed Josh Harrison to a minor league contract. 
he's reunited with Andrew McCutcheon, probably. Um, the Phillies Assuming didn't, he makes his baseball team. Yeah, the Phillies didn't tender um, Cesar Hernandez today, mm-hmm. who's their, who, who had been their starting second baseman. Uh, so it, it seems like it's kind of an open an open tryout, basically, for the spot. He has as good a chance as any, I, I would think. So at least in spring training, Josh Harrison and Andrew McCutcheon will get to uh, meet and greet. I think he will probably make the team. Yeah, that seems true to me. I mean, unless he's terrible in spring training. If, if I, you know, if he comes to spring training and it looks like his numbers last year were totally justified, then, you know, he shouldn't make the team because he was very bad last year. Yeah, I mean, I think all I'm saying is that, like, anything could happen because it's not like there's somebody right now who's the Phillies start opening day starting second baseman. I mean, do you think they're going to sign a big free agent? Who's a big free agent second baseman? I don't know. Castellanos could play second base probably. Oh yeah. Uh, they might actually. Uh, I think that they're, I mean, they're definitely under a lot of pressure to get better. Yep. Yeah. Um, who's their new manager? Joe Girardi. Yeah. I, it could happen. I. But I also agree with you. Notwithstanding, I suspect Josh Harrison probably. I would bet on him making the team in some capacity. They also didn't tender uh, Michael Franco, and I think they. I don't know what their status, what the status on Odubel Herrera is, but I assume that they won't be bringing Odubel Herrera back. More on that next week. Um, next week. Yep. Great. Um, yeah, I, I think he has a fair shot. There's a. There's clearly like a lot of a lot of open space for him there uh let's click on down the list yeah let's continue on uh, the Todd stove yeah uh 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 the reds uh swooped in after the rule five not rule five the the deadline to to set a 40-man roster before the rule five draft which is still not passed um oh really but okay the teams have just been prepping for it there was there was a bunch more players i mean today uh was a big part of it um I believe, unless I have this totally wrong, but I think teams were just, you know, getting prepared with their 40-man rosters. Sure. Last week, if you recall, the Padres cleared out Nick Martini in preparation for the Rule 5 draft. Uh, This week, the Reds swooped in and and scooped him up. Nick Martini is a Red now, uh, adding uh, 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 to their marquee Mike Moustakis signing. Uh, So good things in store for the Reds in 2020, maybe. I don't know. They made a bunch of big splashy moves last year too and nothing really came of it yeah that's true but i mean can you even imagine the newsday which which do you put above the fold Moustakis or or <laughs> oh it'd be tough yeah I, to, I don't know that i could make uh that decision and i, I also have think have a sp- Moustakis and martini are gonna make a great comedy duo that is a fun those are fun because it's like ethnically diverse yeah. and they're both m's mm-hmm. yeah I they sound it. great to say together Mustakas and Martini. Martini Mustakas. I like Mustakas and Martini better. Nick Martini doesn't play in the infield though, so there's no no opportunities for you know. I suppose they could throw a cut off to Mike <laughs> Mustakas. Yeah, and every time that happens, everyone in the stadium is gonna just apply wildly. Just lose their mind. Yeah. Even though we love in in that situation it it's often going to be bad for the reds because you know uh one of right, the opposing yeah. players got a base hit well i mean and someone's already the, yeah yeah if you throw the cutoff then maybe you could get it out and then that'd be cool oh can you imagine uh, Mustakis to martini uh for a put out 
That'd be cool. Or Martini to Moustakis for a put Martini up. Martini to Moustakis. Yeah. yeah. An I outfield love... assist. Give me, give me, give me those M's. M and M is what I say. Delicious M and M candy. Our friends M and M. Uh huh. Okay. Down the list. <laughs> uh, Greg Bird hits free agency. He did not accept his uh, AAA assignment with the Yankees. Barely worth mentioning. On the market. Opinion. So if you're looking for an injury-prone first baseman, you have your man. It's Greg Bird. He's going to sign with the Pirates. I think that the Pirates should sign anyone who I think is remotely interesting is all I'm getting at. Yeah, well, this has been a, an ongoing theory of yours um, that the Pirates never do anything interesting. So any deviation from that, uh, you're, in, you're in support of. Well, I mean, you know, this one actually might be kind of piratesy. That the man is not a very proven baseball player, and he probably would be pretty cheap. Um, something about a bird. Two birds with one Greg, stone. Uh, uh, one bird in the hand. Yes. The, one bird, like hand, but hand is like um. Brad hand. Yep. Who's also a pirate? No. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So one her one bird in Brad's hand. Brad hands hand is worth is worth two, two in, in the math bush. <laughs> okay great let's leave that one there <laughs> we'll move on this is a late ad to the tot stove uh the twins are interested in hyunjin ryu hey let me ask you a question yeah please what are the odds that hyunjin ryu winds up on the twins i would say four percent yeah i don't like those odds although i would i do like the matchup uh and i think that the twins deserve everything good in the world uh it, Hyunjin Ryu himself said last week, I think, or a couple weeks ago, that he was likely to stay in L.A. Yes. Uh, so I think he's probably pretty likely to stay in L.A. Maybe he's interested in testing out some of that horrible Minnesota weather. <laughs> uh, you're, I hear you're famous for your very bad weather. I'd love to play baseball here. Does it snow in March? Great. I love it. Let me have it. Um, I hear that I, you have like an entire city infrastructure set up to avoid going outside. I've never been to Minneapolis, St. Paul. I feel bad, bad mouthing it. Yeah, I've, I've been to the airport, so I, you know, I haven't, I have also not been there and MSP. I have a hard time believing it exists. Minneapolis. Or St. Paul. <laughs> Imagine what it would take to, to magic two cities out of thin air. Is that an argument against or in favor of my proposition that they're imaginary? Against. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it, like we mentioned, it's a quiet week for the Tut Stove. Yeah, maybe next week um, uh, Steven Strasberg will sign. I want to advocate for leaving the stove on all week Yeah. and seeing what happens. Uh, so to be clear, what you're saying is that you're employing all of our listeners to leave their kitchen stoves on until the next episode of Tater Tots pops into their feed. Pause the podcast right now. Do not listen to another second of this podcast mm-hmm. until you've turned every stove top like on your range. Right. Turn it all the way on and leave it on until yeah. the next podcast comes out. You can press yeah. play again. But but those stoves better be on next. We're, we're going to come around and check to all of six of our listeners' houses. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have already installed security cameras, actually, so no need to leave your house. Look out, Paul. All right. Uh, <laughs> 
Hey, this, uh, you, uh, we're talking about a tater tot this week. We're talking um, about our tater tot, our tot of the week. His name is uh, Tyler Heineman. Here's a dinger. Sleight of hand, yeah. Literally. Of course, Heineman, a magician, and a fly ball right field with his first big league home run. A game-tying home run for Tyler Heineman. <laughs> what a moment. Double off to Grom last night. Wheeler dealing once again and unloads, gets a fastball down. Nearly the same spot Rivera lost the last strike. He says if he went there once, he'll probably go there twice. We got ourselves a tie ball game. Uh, so that play-by-play -play announcer puts it front and center. There's really no, you know, nibbling around it. If we wanted to, I guess we could talk about, like, Tyler Heineman's early life or whatever, or we could just talk about the fact that he's an amateur magician. Yeah, and this is no um, figure of speech, like he's a magician <laughs> with that magic wand in his hands. No, he loves to do card tricks. <clears throat> There's a, a viral sort of video... Can you call it a viral video if it's 20 minutes long? Oh, how guess, many people have seen it? Probably a lot. Probably a viral amount. Um, I wouldn't call it a viral video because I didn't see it before I looked up Tyler Heineman. Oh, really? I had seen it before. I oh, think. you would you had known about this. I pretty. I, 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 if I wasn't specifically aware of who Tyler Heineman was, I was aware of a video of a guy who played for the Diamondbacks doing card tricks for other Diamondbacks in the locker room. Oh, in that case, uh, I'll say yes. There's a viral video. Around the internet. There's a viral, There's a viral video. video, Tyler Heineman kicking around the internet from his time with the Arizona Diamondbacks when he's doing uh, close-up card magic for uh, Luke Weaver and Archie Bradley and eventually like a third of the uh, Diamondbacks clubhouse. Very funny, for, like, very funny to he, watch this whole video because you can watch as he gradually accumulates a crowd. Originally, it's just those two. And then occasionally you're like, oh, wow, they're... At this point, like, 15 people gathered around him looking at him kind of skeptically. Yeah, it's weird that it... Honestly, it's weird that it took them so long because it's also very clear that, like, the Diamondbacks PR department yeah. is shooting it. Yeah, they have several cameras. Uh, it just occurs to me now. I bet there are a lot of cameras a lot of the time in a baseball clubhouse. Good point. Good point. Hadn't even considered it. Yeah, but there are two <laughs> cameras um, set up to film his, his bit. Like, this was all pre-prepared. Uh, I like the. I thought that he clearly had some talent. Mm -hmm. um, I think that his stage presence needs work. It it yeah. So I noticed that as well, but I don't want to be too critical, right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm I gonna, think he's I, a good magician. I'm gonna not drop because it's like a 20 minute video, and I don't really want to cut it up because there's not really one moment that's a highlight mm -hmm. it's just it's just 20 minutes of magic he's doing magic for his friends we'll put a link in the show notes and you, you should check it out it, it is it is worth watching it's it's pretty good magic and it's it's also very relatable uh as a watcher of magic i feel to watch people watch magic mm. how do you mean uh so as we mentioned the two non tyler heineman characters the two main non-Tyler The main antagonists in this story are Luke Weaver and Archie Bradley. I believe they're both. They're all these guys are in the Angels bull or the Diamondbacks bullpen, right? 
Is Luke Wave Weaver? You embarrass me again. Sorry. Archie Bradley definitely is. Yes, he is. Uh, and Robbie Ray makes his way into the video as well in a pretty prominent role. Um, yeah. You're, you're Archie, right. Brad- Archie Bradley acts exactly as I would act and have acted when someone's doing magic at me. Like an enthusiastic participant. I wouldn't even... I mean, he certainly was an enthusiastic participant. Beyond that, he was clearly uh, uh, kind of like flustered almost you know what i mean i I think that he's doing his best to encourage tyler heineman right he he wants everyone else to appreciate that there's someone doing magic so he's trying to play a good sport let me tell you what i have come my conclusions the conclusions that i've drawn about uh being an audience member to a close-up magician from watching this video are and this is just like my own personal reaction as filtered through these two guys mm-hmm. um, are when you are the audience, it is a simple, it's a simple fact, you know, watching someone do magic that you're being lied to, right? Yes. Like, like that, that's, that's part and parcel of the whole thing. Agreed. It, 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 that's, this is all magic is, right? Is this the, it, we're saying that, you know, this is something that's beyond the realm, but really it's, 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 it's a bald faced lie. It's just a lie. Uh, I'm sorry. It's there is no Santa Claus. Um, and Archie Bradley's reaction, which is that he knows, like logically, that these things aren't happening in front of him, as mm-hmm. Tyler Heineman is claiming that they're happening. Uh, uh, but he, I think that there's like a. I'm, I'm at this point. I'm trying to describe how I feel. There's like a sort of a cognitive dissonance where you know you're being lied to, but you don't want to acknowledge. Obviously, you don't want to acknowledge because it ruins the thing. So maybe I see where you're coming from as an enthusiastic participant. Mm-hmm. But he's, he, it, to me, he seems embarrassed. And he seems embarrassed because there's a part of him that says, I should know better. You know, and I, I, I should not be, like, taken in by this, but it's cool. It is. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to take away anything from magic, but, but I saw something in Archie Bradley that reminded me of myself, um, which is to say, I, a lot of the time when I watch someone do close-up magic, I think I feel very stupid for being fooled by it. And that's kind of the vibe that I got from him. That's interesting. I had a really different interpretation of Archie Bradley in this video. And I do okay. want to treat him, uh, all three of the main players in this, as characters in literature. Sure. Um, uh, my interpretation of Archie Bradley was the same as when you show someone a YouTube video. Um, are you familiar with this kind of um, experience where... You want them to like the video so badly. Exactly. The video becomes like weirdly an extension of yourself. Like you feel responsible for the content of the video. And that's my interpretation of Bradley's behavior here is that he is trying to hype up the crowd. He's trying to get other people to recognize like, oh, I know, you know, Archie Bradley has seen magic. He knows magic is cool. And he feels like responsible for getting other people to watch the show. And then he's like, he's feeling all of Tyler Heineman's um, awkwardness along with him. I think that that's not far off. I, I mean, obviously, he's a human person and his emotions are more complex, but it, it's certainly not far off from my read of him. Like, he's, he's, he, didn't, he didn't seem altogether comfortable in his role as 
he's the hype audience man for member this. and participant. Luke Weaver. Now let me get into Luke Weaver because Luke he's Weaver a is a fascinating it, character. He he he's the flip side to the coin of my experience as an audience member, which is that if I'm like really not having a good day or I'm just like not pleased with the fact that someone's doing magic at me, I will like work really super duper hard to try to find you know the cracks and to be able to identify what the sleight of hand what the trickery you know behind the trick is and that's if luke weaver doesn't begin there that's certainly where he ends and it's pretty clear that that's the journey that he's going on for sure it's i think you're totally right on to suggest that luke weaver is having a bad day because his behavior in this video is he's got such an attitude he such an attitude he has a bad attitude and you're right that he looks like he's looking for the sleight of hand he often leans over inches away from Heinemann as he's trying to do tricks by the end of it he stopped watching like you can i mean he i think he maybe even says that he's like not even watching the trick anymore he's trying to figure out how he's doing it yes uh which is a drag but again like if you're and if someone's doing magic at you it's i feel it's very difficult to not have the reaction of like well i don't like being lied to um I mean, I guess I, I I grew up with a lot of magic, so maybe I have a, an unusual experience. But I no, feel no, no. I'm I'm pretty able to just kind of sit back and let the magic wash over me. There's there's a willing suspension of disbelief that I think if you become an experienced uh, magic audience member, uh-huh. you know, you get used to it and you can start to appreciate the craft of it. I think if I I, I think if people are not accustomed to uh, being an audience member at a magic show. And especially if they're being singled out in the way that Luke Weaver and Archie Bradley have been singled out. Yeah, they. I don't know if they were identified by the camera crew or what, but they're really... That's why I identified these three characters as the, you know, our main uh, our main heroes yep. in this journey is because I, I, I think that before they set up, they were like, well, listen, Tyler, you need to do magic for these two people. Yeah, I don't know. I read a little bit about uh, Tyler Heineman's magical escapades. Uh, with the Diamondbacks in it, it seems like he did magic for everybody. It seems like the uh, uh, Tori Lavulu would like bring him into coaches' meetings to do magic, which <laughs> honestly kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't offer that much on the baseball field, so yeah, it's got to be something that he can contribute. Um, there, so another character in this video, and I'm not sure who it is, um, re- made me think deeply about whether I would even want to be a major league baseball player. And this is the guy who keeps shouting the word warlock after a while. That's, that was Robbie Ray. He's yelling sorcerer. Okay. Robbie Ray. And I'm sorry if you're listening. Um, you really frustrated me. Please don't do that. He's got one. He's got one bit and that's it. I get the bit. And I understand like why you would start doing that. You're trying to it's be complimentary, but it's a very bad bit. And it reminded me so much of a sixth grader. Yep. Um, and it just made me think, boy, maybe this is not a very fun or creative environment. Completely on the money with you there. A hundred percent agree. And that's, that kind of leads into why um, it's so fun to have a tater tot like Tyler Heineman. Um, so many baseball players have nothing. <laughs> there is nothing in their story that's not about baseball, you know? <laughs> it is, it's, it's weird, but it's really fun to identify a baseball player who has any other hobby because yeah. you're like, I can relate to that. I can relate yeah. to, like, picking up magic and becoming kind of good at it. <laughs> Heinemann uh, picked up magic while he was playing baseball in the yeah. DR um, in the Dominican Republic um, in order to kind of break down the language barrier a little bit. 
uh, and it seems like it worked, which is, you know, that's a, that's a, I think, I think that's a really great way to adapt to a situation. I think yeah. it shows a lot of creativity and, sure. and a kind of a willingness to be in an, in an uncomfortable situation and mm-hmm. kind of lean into it. It's cool. I, for a player... I, I... Go ahead. Go on. No, you're good. Okay. For, for a player like Heinemann, I think it makes a lot of sense too, because he is not really good enough to stick around anywhere for very long. So he has had to cycle through a lot of minor league teams and a couple major league teams. Um, so he's, you know, always having to introduce himself and having a shtick probably yeah. does help. Yeah, that's a good point. It's sweet and it, it, it kind of it cuts through the it cuts through the bitterness of being a journeyman minor league baseball player a little uh-huh. bit if you can if you can be the guy. And it probably like I say like it, once once your manager is like dragging you into coaches meetings so you can do tricks for like your coach's entertainment, yeah. then maybe it's it becomes a little bit of a bummer, but uh, you know, it's a story, it, and it helps people. I would imagine it would help people remember him. Yeah, uh, for sure. And that's kind of at, when baseball is over, and you have spent your millions or whatever all you have left are your memories. So it's 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 sweet of him to, you know, to share his gift. Yeah, it's fun. I also want to say that he looks more like a a guy who's a magic hobbyist than a baseball player i agree with you is that mean to say i mean he he, he's got kind of a college republican look but in the softest possible way he looks like a baseball player in 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 that only base only baseball players are the only athletes who can look like this yeah i mean for sure he's not a pro (laughs) football player like he's or like yeah he's not like a he's he's not a very athletically built it's not nice to say he but he he just looks like to say he looks like a dude who hangs out at the magic shop, and that's it. And he also happened he also happened to hit a major league home run off of Zach Wheeler to tie the game in the bottom of the eighth for the Marlins, who would go on to win that game four to two. It was He's a, a meaningless game on September twenty sixth uh, between the non contending Mets and the horrible horrible Marlins. Um, but you know Tyler Heineman was uh, called up in when the rosters expanded in September and. If I had to guess, I think that he probably would spend some significant portion of next year with the Marlins, um, you know, because they're a bad baseball team and they can use whatever help they can get. He's not going to be the starting catcher, but maybe he'll be a backup for a while. They got Jorge Alfaro. He's pretty good. Yeah, much better than Tyler Heineman. Uh, although it, it it is worth stating that he did hit one home run. Uh, yeah, and Jorge Alfaro, Jorge Alfaro probably can't even do magic. So maybe Tyler Heineman can teach him some magic. That'd be nice. Uh, one more point that I just wanted to talk about um, in regards to Tyler Heineman, but also in regards to baseball. Um, Tyler Heineman was lightly recruited by colleges, but didn't get any college scholarships. So consequently, he had to become a walk on for the UCLA team. That's all fine and good. We've had players like that before on Tater Tots, but I went deep and took a look at like some of his high school and college statistics and his high school resume is is absolutely bananas um he batted in his senior year i think 487 with 16 doubles two triples and 21 rbis won a lot of um like awards mvp awards um his junior year hit 619 um all this is to say, incredibly good. Probably by far and away the best player in his city league or whatever. And that wasn't even good enough to get a scholarship offer at any college. 
It's just the way that like being good at baseball scales is mind-boggling. Yeah, he's from LA too. Like that's he's from a place where baseball is played. Is played. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's not like he was the best baseball player in New Hampshire. That's not a great example because there are some good baseball players in New Hampshire. In New uh, Jersey. But, well, <laughs> there's only one. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. The I, North Dakota. The, <laughs> the thing is that, like, sometimes I feel like you can excel in a in an environment where not everybody excels. You know, you could be a big fish in a little pond, mm. and then all of a sudden. But, you know, Los Angeles, that's year-round kind of action, baby. And he hits 619. That's, those are, that's a serious kind of high school number. Amazing. High school numbers. And then... High school... I've never seen six before. I, I feel like high school numbers are always crazy, but they're, I feel like, never crazier than 500. Six! That six. number starts with a six! That's bonkers. The number started with a six, and all the college recruiters looked at him, and they said, yeah. well, yeah, I don't eh, think so. well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. All the MLB scouts looked at him, and they said, well, six, I don't know, looking for a yeah. seven. We won't draft you <laughs> at all. There are 40 rounds, and we won't even draft you out of high school. I mean astonishing yeah weird i don't i don't i don't know what to make of it i wish i did maybe there's maybe it's bad body maybe something mean that sometimes scouts make up so they don't have to sign people um people scouts make up a lot of things so they have to don't have to sign people but you know i mean i guess they were wrong not to sign him out of high school or for colleges to recruit him because he was very good at ucla when he did get to play which was not a lot because ucla is a big baseball school and there were like major leaguers in front of him yeah, he also played for UCLA. That's great. I mean, it's good. He did good. He did a great job. And now, he, I mean, he's made the major leagues, which is yeah. a success story among all draft picks. Anyone who makes the major leagues is a success just because there are so many people who don't. His 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 team, he's listed on I think Wikipedia as uh being a member of the New Orleans Baby Cakes and not the Miami Marlins. So, well, Triple A roster. Pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, and also, I wanted to talk about the podcast that he was interviewed on. I didn't get to listen to it. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. I didn't expect you to. Um, so uh, Tyler Henneman went on this sports podcast. What is it? The Dan LeBetard Show? Oh, God. That's like a real serious podcast. You were trash talking the Dan LeBetard Show? Is that how it's pronounced? Dan LeBetard's cool. Sure. Uh, yeah, it was actually a, a, a fine and good podcast. Um I was only trash-talking it in the sense that it reminded me a little bit of Tater Tots, which I found embarrassing. No, Dan Lebitard's, like, a serious, like, he's a real, he's the real deal. He is not, we are not even close to Dan Lebitard levels of sports anything. Well, Dan Lebitard or someone else on his, I mean, there were several people talking, and I didn't know who was who except for Tyler Heineman. They had Tyler Heineman on their podcast only about a month ago, or two months ago, uh, to discuss his upcoming audition at Los Angeles' own Magic Castle. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Magic Castle, almost nobody's familiar with it because it's like a secret society. Um, you got to audition to get in, and they have like a strict black tie dress code, and then they do magic for each other. Um, so, yeah, Tyler uh, Heineman went to audition for them, and this uh, episode of the podcast was recorded before that. 
Um, and he expressed optimism, but also recognition that he might not make it. And he said, the worst that can happen is they say no. And here's the thing. Uh, I, they said during the podcast, we'll have to call you back after your audition to find out how it went. And they have not done that. And he has not tweeted anything. My expectation is that he did not succeed in his audition. He did not make the magic castle, but that's unconfirmed. Tyler, if you're listening, please let us know how it went. I'm very curious. How secret is the magic? Is it so secret that like, if he made it, he would not be able to say? No, it is not that secret at all. Oh, it's okay. not actually that secret. Uh, 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 what's his face? Neil Patrick Harris is always promoting it. He loves it. Um, Dan Lebetard is the guy who was barred from voting in the Baseball Hall of Fame because he gave his ballot to Deadspin. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the same guy. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like Dan Lebetard. I feel kind of bad now that i thought that he was on that tyler heineman was on some goober podcast no he's on a real uh, real espn branded podcast but he'll be on our podcast next week dan levitard or tyler heineman both of them with steven strasberg and scott borison it's gonna be a round table i told you um yeah i'm looking forward to it uh, uh do we have anything else this week did you know that matt caesar is a talented painter yes i did actually know that he um he painted uh, a bunch of stuff after the Cubs won the World Series that sold at auction or something. Well, Tyler Heineman uh, commissioned a painting of himself by Matt Caesar, and it's beautiful. It's pretty good. I'm kind of on the fence uh, about this style. There's something about graffiti, like, I don't know. It feels kind of tacky to me. So this painting is... Um, you might describe it as a graffiti style. I, I guess it evokes graffiti because it, it depicts Tyler Heineman in the squat, putting down signs, using his in catcher regalia. Um, and that's all fairly realistic. But behind him, there are scribbles, which I think are reminiscent of graffiti. And this whole thing is done with the medium of spray paint. But I, I don't, I, it, it's not even like Banksy-esque, really. Like, it looks more like high that's art why I than don't, most graffiti. That's why I don't like it. It's just like, because I feel like if you're going to do like, if you're going to, mm-hmm. if you're going to mimic graffiti on canvas, then you should have like a very unique sort of, it just looks a little generic is I guess what I'm saying. I don't the graffiti, s- the graffiti elements. Okay. You just don't like the background. No. Um, I think it's cool. I don't know of a lot of artists who do like complex paint with spray paint he uses it as a medium the same way you would a paintbrush or watercolor or something it's did he spray paint the, the like the the likeness of tyler Heineman as well yeah i believe so oh that's kind of cool and, and man, i could be mistaken but i i think he did i mean it looks like the like there's actually like a line drawing but maybe he also you know he definitely i think i think that the, it is a line drawing that he spray painted over yeah i think he uses stencils that's cool yeah Okay, I'm sorry that I badmouthed you, Matt Caesar. I didn't know he was a cool artist, and I'm happy Tyler Heineman got a cool painting. Yeah, I, I like Tyler Heineman. I like Matt Caesar. Um, I, Who else do you a, like? I like Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like my dad. That's good. My mom. That's good. Uh, your seven mom. more people. You got one. Uh, your dad. Good, that's good. Your brother, Dustin. All right. Gemma. Oh, you're more than halfway there. My cat. Okay. L. All right. Andrew Madigan. That's it. 
That's it? You, I don't like anyone else. You, I didn't say name all the people you like. I just said, said name seven more people you like. Okay, well, this is, those are some people that I like. That's very positive, and I'm glad we did that. Shout out to Paul Ross. Uh, I sh- Not on the <laughs> list, but you would have been next. <laughs> I was just kind of thinking of listeners a little bit. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's gonna do it for us this week for Tater Tots. This is gonna be a little bit late, probably. This has been a wacky week. Uh, uh, I got one snake fact for you before we leave. Oh, this is not snake fact. This is, uh, snake, well, I suppose it is snake fact in that, as opposed to snake fiction. Uh, this is some snake news, an item of snake news this week on the snake fact segment. A new species of snake was discovered in the Indian state of Arunachal Pradesh. The new species belongs to a genus of burrowing snake, which are per- poorly studied because they live underground. Uh, listen, I think that uh, most of the undiscovered species on this planet, the as yet undiscovered species on this planet, probably do not live close to surface. Otherwise, they would have been discovered by now. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week on Tater Tots. Uh, you can donate to Baseball for All. There's a link to that in our show notes. Uh, that's an initiative that gets girls involved in youth baseball programs around the country is very important you can follow us on twitter at tater tots pod you can like us on facebook behind the facebook url slash tater tots pod you can email us tater tots pod at gmail.com next week on the podcast we'll be talking about odubel herrera uh we will talk to you then and until then stay warm stay dry bye bye the littlest league possible in the littlest league possible The most rudimentary division of competition Networks collide To be the biggest fish in the smallest pond On the littlest island where I shall reside Texas League And meanwhile after too much And also from running too fast You'd run out of gas But that's not possible The littlest league possible